In this episode, we have Mike Selineker with Lone Shark Games, and later we do a Geek's Tabletop Game Review of Great Western Trail. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some. That, that's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, stupid that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey, geeks! It's episode fifteen. Welcome to Geeks of Cascadia. I'm your host, Blue Samurai. With me is the Costasaurus, and then let's not forget about the amazing. It's Paul. Still Paul. Still was Paul. Durango? You left that uh, night. You're still yeah, with Paul. We'll see. Maybe no. I'm Durango the Terrible. Durango the Terrible. Maybe, is that good? Well, we got to put that on a t-shirt. Though. Sure, yes. Why not? We'll do that. Why not? Durango the Terrible. I listen to Geeks of Cascadia with Durango the Terrible. Yes. I like it. So, out of all of us, only one person got to do really cool geeky stuff, and that was Joe. Yes. yes. Joe, how was Geek Girl Con? The Geek Girl Con was awesome. This was my second year going, and so it has now become just a like a tradition almost quick tradition so my wife and i went we went saturday um it was it was great wore your t-shirt <clears throat> did wear my t-shirt geeks of cascadia mm-hmm. t-shirt Made i some also interviews? ran yeah, no but okay. i also did right. run into <laughs> uh just because i you know, i promised i'd be spending that time with my wife but i did um go into brandy york who did our logo which was really cool and mm-hmm. i was like look at this and showed her the shirt so that was pretty cool um yeah so there were some exhibitors there that i've seen at OrcaCon before um, another lady, and I forgot the name off the top of my head. Her first name is Erin. She was the one last year that did all those really, really like awesome play mats and did all oh, that okay. awesome art. And she's got a game coming out soon, which is pretty cool too. But yeah, it was just it was pretty chill. I went with um, Courtney, who works with our games at OrcaCon, oh, and yeah. I went with um, Rick slash Volknor. Mm-hmm. And so we all went together and cool. had a blast. They are awesome. Now, Geek Girl Con was awesome, but let me tell you about. Before Geek Girl Con, <clears throat> Starbucks Reserve. We always go there before cons. Uh-huh. Either of you ever been to Starbucks Reserve? I saw the one mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill the day before it opened. That is the like a pie only shop one inside. In okay, no, it's it's a it is where they actually roast all their beans. Oh, okay. So you go in, it looks like something straight out of a steampunk novel. Copper everywhere because of all the tubes mm-hmm. sending all the beans. They literally. Um, they literally roast the beans and then they get sent all the way through this tube into a container that drops right behind the counter where they will grind the beans. Wow. So, when I was there, I had the best coffee I've ever had. It was a $10 cup of coffee. <laughs> um, however, what it was, was it was coffee that is aged in whiskey barrels. Okay. Wow. And when they gave it to me, and here's a picture, when they gave it to me, they give it to you in a whiskey glass with a big cube. And they tell you just to, wow. to pour it up. It was the best coffee because it tasted. It definitely had the coffee tones, but you could taste like the sweetness that comes from like whiskey or uh-huh. sometimes yeah. in rum. 
It was amazing. Mm. So, Starbucks Reserve, I know you're listening to us because we have nothing better <laughs> right. to do. Do you want to sponsor um, us, by all means? Yes, uh, uh, that, Starbucks, if you do want, send us a check. Yeah, yeah that was amazing, and I would gladly pay those 10 bucks again for that. But, back to GeekerCon. Well, yeah, today's I mean, coffee aesthetic is yes. overly complicated <laughs> and overly priced. Uh, GeekerCon was great. Um, you again, ran into some of our friends, too, other than, I think Brandy was just one of them, but you said there was more? Yeah, like, I ran into um, Sarah from Daily Magic, mm-hmm. who she's just like... She, I would almost say, like, if I saw a picture of her, it would probably be, like, a smiley emoji face. Because she's just so mm-hmm. smiley and kind and nice and energetic. So I actually chatted with her for a while. Um, and she's getting married, which was really exciting. And so um, so I talked to the Daily Magic, um, some Daily Magic peeps, um, the fellows over there, and Gal that put out Ivian. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're doing pretty good. They're playtesting. Their game looks amazing. Cool. If you listen to the podcast right now or uh, listen to episode 14, I think we have an interview. Yep. Mm-hmm. My a- Adam was on it. And then we had um, the fellow who put out the, the um, what is it called, like the hair saloon, something like that. Yukon Salon. Yukon yeah. Salon. I was talking to him yeah. for a while. He was playtesting right. his game. looked really good. Um, yeah, and so it was. It was just overall a really good con. Lots of illustrators, lots of artists. There was a bookshop that had so many books that I wanted for my students. One was called Girls Who Code, Wonder Women, Rad Women Worldwide. So just wow. really Sounds good for. Yeah, it is the. It is a solid con. Sounds like a great con. In fact, uh, uh, one of many cons happening in the Pacific Northwest. In fact, Joe, what else do we got going on in the great? Cascadia region. Well, what else we have going on in the Great Cascadia region is we have um, a con called Bodice Con, Bodice which con. is yeah, Bodice Con, which is going to be up north in the wonderful country of Canada, and this is over, I believe it's in the Vancouver area. So let's see, it is New Westminster in British Columbia. Sounds lovely. It's Canada's actually beautiful. Mm. I don't mind when I living there. Uh, so this will be no- from November 3rd to November 5th, and if you're into strategy gaming, that is the place to go. Um, yeah, so you can Google search, because uh, it's a really, really long address, but you can Google search for BodiceCon, that is B-O-T-T-O-S-C-O-N for more information on that. Right, and, and more information, uh, we also do re-recorded um, the guy that ran. Exactly. Uh, really, really nice guy, yeah, and kind of yeah. give the whole story... Uh, that was a few episodes back, but yeah, give the whole story about how it was created and who it honors and and such like that. And it was really a really nice, touching story. And then after that, we have OrcaCon, Ooh. which is going to be January 12th through 14th. That's 2018. And it's actually going to be in Bellevue, Washington. What? Not in Everett. There was a recent change. Yes. Information was posted on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those of you who are listening, it was posted this last Saturday, September 30th, and we will be changing to that venue for only for this year, for now. Right. Um, so, yeah, let's have a conversation about that. Yeah, I know that there are some people out there that were upset uh, that this happened. Let, let me just say that we didn't want it to happen. No, we wanted um, to stay in Snohomish County. And yeah. we, we didn't want to move. And what we tried happening yeah. is that the hotel promised us that they would be done with the remodel in May. Now, that was just that was a couple months ago. And then they called us about, I'd say about maybe four weeks of this particular podcast that, that once it, it goes out. 
that they can't have it done until like uh, early next year, but definitely not during OrcaCon. So like nine or ten months longer than what they were promising. Right, right. And that only gave us like three months to scramble. So now we have to find a place for 1,200 people. Let me tell you something. You can't find anything like that. At least 1,200 people, right. yeah. Around here. So really you only got a few places there mm-hmm. at the hotel, which that's out. Um, then you have maybe two like mini convention halls. So the Xfinity Convention Center, which is in Everett, and then you have the Linwood Convention Center. Unfortunately, those were occupied uh, at, during that time, of course, because it was only three months away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had another opportunity, and this is through the hotel. They said, hey, look, I'm sorry, but you can't stay here, but here's an opportunity to go to Bellevue for about the same price, a little larger. We really had no choice. And, you know, is it upsetting that we had to move and we got to scramble? Yes. Is it upsetting that some people expected to have it in Snohomish County? It probably it probably was. But I can tell you that you're going to have the same experience at the Bellevue Hilton as you did at the Everett um, Everett Hotel. And you're have a good time. Yeah. And all the guests are still showing up. The same people are running it. Right. Same people are running it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no reason not to go. Yeah. Um, and so, so Steve... Does that mean that the hotel price will be more? No. No. Same price. Wow. Does that mean we're going to have to pay for parking? No. No. Absolutely not. And oh, I think what would also be cool to talk about is what is something else that this also means that we can do this year. I, that, that might be in the parking garage. Unless that's not been... No, there's no, no, it's, it's, been. it's outdoor parking. But no. Uh, I know we're planning on looking into food trucks. Yes, yes. we are looking into that. We're looking into, it's not planned yet, okay. So, I, but this gives us the opportunity where we couldn't before because um, I, what I found out was, Donna was saying, was a lot of hotels actually don't own their parking garage. Oh yeah, that's true. And I didn't yeah. know that. I never yeah. knew that. I thought that they owned the whole building. And so, but this hotel does. Mm-hmm. They do own that. And so... Donna is gonna she's going out and trying to mm-hmm. find if we can just get like a bunch of food trucks there right which is right. which would be um, honestly stinking amazing I would love to just That'd be totally cool yeah go and there and so we're trying to not just go okay we're moving nothing's we're not gonna do anything else like we're trying to also go great well if we have this more space and we have this opportunity let's try to add some other cool stuff yeah you know right. with without of course have making sure that nothing else is going to fall by the wayside well and we only we really didn't have a lot of choices to either that or not have a con at all and exactly. we were certainly not going to yeah. do that yeah. Yeah. You know? that is not an option so you know as as one of the board members of OrcaCon, let me just say to anyone who is disappointed out there hey i'm sorry um we wish it didn't happen but it did you're still going to have a lot of fun, so please come. And, yeah. and, know and get that, a room. Get a room. Yeah, and know that we did. We really did try to stay in the Snohomish County area. We weren't like, okay, whatever. Like we tried and we looked around, and there just wasn't anything available. No. So, but it's still going to happen because we're not going to let it fall by the wayside. That's right. So with that, um, let's go on to happier stuff. So, mm-hmm. Paul, what's on today's docket? Well, we got some fun stuff today. We have Doug and Kelly. They're going to do a, a, a game review for us. And this, the name of that segment is Geeks Tabletop Game Review. Yes. I, guess I, I got that right the first you time. You did. That's, That's good. Really great good job. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And also, and Jill, I don't know if you know this, but Steve went to Gen Con. I did. And one of the people he talked to was the great Mike Slinecker. 
Yes. It's like mm. prolific game designer, mm-hmm. author of the Kobold's Guide to Board Game Design, and we're going to talk to him too. Started out in, I believe, the old TSR company. Wow. Yes. I so he is a legend. Don't know what TSR is, but that's a cool acronym. And it's sad that you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do we have anything else, or should we go right in the interview? I think that's yeah. it. Let's listen. I, you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to figure out which one we're going to hear first. I think we should hear Mike first. I was your Mike first. Let's oh, hear Mike yeah. first. He gets priority. Hey, Mike. What do you got to say? This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, Geeks, I'm with Mike Selinker. You are? Uh-huh. Cool, I got that. I'm Mike, glad. thanks for, thanks for uh, interviewing us. You know, I'm interviewing uh, you. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> See, the, the problem is, is the I'm, problem? I'm with a nerd luminary here. I'm with, like, a, a god amongst a god. game developers. An and so, actual god. And so... I can lightning I, okay, strike maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a deity. Maybe a deity. Sure. At that at least demigod, <laughs> at least. Right? At least. So anyway, I, thanks so much for being on the show. You are welcome. I appreciate that. I, I always like to uh, rep the hometown crew. So uh, thank you for uh, being part of the Cascadia that I am yes, also yes. a part of. Well, it's great. Is I know you're transplant here. Oh, well, not here in Indianapolis, but no, in Washington so State. Actually, weirdly, I was born in Seattle. Okay. Went to Garfield High. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, and then moved to Chicago. Did all my stuff in Chicago, right? And right. then Wizards of the Coast happened, and I came out to Seattle. But if we back up a little bit, you did something for Dragon Magazine, right? Oh uh, yeah, how, absolutely. How'd you get in, yeah, how'd you get into Wizards? Oh, I. So I was, a, you know, I was a kid uh, when I first submitted stuff to Dragon and such. So I was like, I wonder if anybody would pay attention to the demented ramblings that are in my head. And <laughs> psychiatrists are expensive. So they instead uh, published my work. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I was a sort of published author by the time I was like 14 or whatever. And so I just kept doing it. I, I, by the time I was in college, uh, I put myself through college um, Mm -hmm. at Northwestern just by writing, you know, uh, dungeon adventures and things like that. And then... It sounds like you followed kind of like Wolfgang Bauer a little yeah, bit. He told no, me the same Wolf, thing. Wolf you know? and I have been, right. yeah, Wolf and I have been friends for 25 mm-hmm. years. We okay. we um, basically did that same thing together and okay. got got to know each other. Uh, we moved out to Seattle literally together. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that we together went to Wizards of the Coast and said, you should hire both of us, and they did. Oh, okay. Right? And so you, bu- you as well as him, missed out on Gary Gygax. He was on the way out. No, no, when I, knew Gary, I knew Gary real you well. You did know Gary. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Uh, I, I knew Gary quite well because mm-hmm. when I was in... Um, we... Uh, so, there was... Um, there was a time, uh, there were some rough times in TSR uh, in the mid-80s. Right. And, you know, Gary got pushed out and, and all that. Uh, but that didn't mean he wasn't there. Like, mm-hmm. people sort of have this perception of the timeline right. as 1985, Unearthed Arcana comes out, and so does Gary Gagas. Right. right? Yeah. And so, 
but it's not like he disappeared. I mean, he was still, mm-hmm. we were still playing games and, and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, uh, we bought, we Wizards of the Coast, sure. uh, bought Gen Con, TSR Gen Con. And then I was sort of now on the other side of, hey, Gary, uh, you know, there's one mm-hmm. really hysterical moment where he was, uh, it was the first year. I think that that we had run the convention, or maybe the second, and I was given the thankless job uh, of running the registration department. Like I was oh, like, man. we don't know how to do this. Sonker's right. the guy you go to when you don't know how to do something, but you want it done right. Like that's kind of my rep. Okay, mm-hmm. give him registration. It can't go wrong. And it's right. disastrous, right? But. So the first day of Gen Con, I've got this banks of like, like uh, 50 different staff members, you know, mm-hmm. temp staff members are letting people in, and I see Gary, and I'm like, and he comes over, sort of comes over to me, I'm like, hey Gary, what's up? It's like, Mike, can you get me into Gen Con? <laughs> no way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, okay, uh, you wow. get him and all of his family VIP passes for the rest of the show, because uh, there is no Gen Con without Gary Gaga. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, there have been some times. So you, now you went to co- you went to college. You said went to then, college in, and, in Chicago. And then you, after you graduated, you went to TSR. No, no, there's on? a gap in there. There's, where there's I, a gap. There's okay. a gap where I was a a, a, a reporter. A, a, okay. And I did, I still do that some, but basically, uh, I was. Um, uh, a, 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 uh, I was a research director for Mayor Daly. I did a bunch of stuff in Chicago. Um, I was like, uh, I specialized in hate crimes and discrimination and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was very seriously on the path of being like the, the burned out, crusty reporter uh, <laughs> right. who, you know, it's like, I've seen it all, kid, right? And I just was like, you know what? That's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing game stuff on the side, still doing puzzle stuff on the side. And I was just like, oh, this opportunity is out there in Seattle. And I got this uh, woman that I want to marry. Let's get married at Gen Con and go out there. You got married wait, at wait, Gen wait, Con? Wait, wait, wait. You got married at Gen Con? We got married at Gen Con. We had, you take this seriously. Wow. Yeah, we, uh, we got married in the Pabs Theater in Milwaukee. My, uh, my honey, not my honeymoon, my um, wedding reception was at the safe house. Uh, oh, man. And uh, so, yeah, and then uh, then we jumped into the Geo Metro convertible and drove out across the country. So, wait, if it wasn't Gen Con, who's your groomsman? People my that groomsman? we know that... Uh, uh, maybe, yeah. Game uh, Yeah, well, uh, so... Uh, my my best man was my friend Jim Wade, but uh, people in my wedding were like Tim Beach, one of the, mm-hmm. the okay. uh, classic RPG designers from the TSR era. Well, he was he gave uh, 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 he did a dramatic reading from um, um, Much Ado About Nothing uh, mm-hmm. on stage, and other people, yeah, other people from that era were were there. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was pretty much sounds like pretty sounds much like that. fun. Could have been a that, fun bachelor party. It was too, that I'm party. Sure. <laughs> That's the one thing we didn't have time for, and wow. I, I'm good with that. Well, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mean to dwell on your. No, uh, your yeah, yeah, I love. I this love. is this is kind of interesting part for for the listeners out there sure. because you know what? you're a human being. You right. know you, you you've traveled a path. To no, get I'm where a deity. I'm sticking with that. Well, it takes time. It takes time. You you haven't got there yet in your life. life. But you are now. So, 
you're, so you're, you were at TCR, T, TSR, then you go to, you go to Watson. He knows how to pronounce TSR. Yes, it's yes. spelled out right there. That's right. My I name's hard, but that, that word's pretty right. easy to pronounce. Anyway, so. So you go to Watson, and then they yeah. go, hey, we need to revamp D&D. Yeah, so basically, uh, <laughs> I was totally content. Uh, I was... Um, the, the you know I was I was working on magic I was the mm-hmm. one of the designers on uh, BattleTech I was the um, you know uh, Netrunner we were doing that kind of stuff right I was totally content then they buy TSR and I'm like okay but I'll be over here doing the card games they're like how would you like Spider Man I was like uh, yeah I'd like Spider Man okay now how would you like you know to help create creative director new edition of Dungeons and Dragons I'm like that sounds hard uh, but, uh, but it worked out well I uh, I very much enjoyed doing it I met I think some of my longest standing friends and we were, we were people I'd known before but like people like Monty Cook who's now one of my uh, partners on on the ninth world um, uh, people like um, you know uh, all, all the all the uh, uh you know, I knew a lot of the older people from like um, uh, Kim Mohan and stuff like that, but a bunch of new people we brought in. Uh, Andy Collins, who did the fourth edition, Rodney Thompson, uh, who did fifth edition. Right, so it was a nice continuum to be part of. So, so you have any have any fun stories that you want to share from that from, from that the like third edition era? Yeah, from the project. Yeah, just... sure. Uh, let's see. So. Um, well, so the first meeting, so the thing I remember most about the first time we got together, kind of as a unit, and we're like, we're going to do this Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like, okay, fine. So the first thing I remember about it was I walked in and said, uh, you know, because a lot of people didn't know who I was. Like, some of them did. Obviously, they'd known me from the TSR side. But some of them were like, who's this interloper from the card side? And I said, <laughs> I said, well, if you do one thing, if you invert the direction of armor class, you will have done the Lord's work. <laughs> and everybody went, yeah. that's our guy. Right. We're willing to work with that guy. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I was there. I was like, you know, I mean, we, there was a time when, you know, the, the D20 idea was, was brought in and everybody's mind was like, I don't know, man. And I was like, this is brilliant. We're doing this. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was fantastic to be a part of that. Uh, we got into some legendary arguments. You know, it's cool that Monty and I are good friends because we would bash each other. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like they were like, "Oh God, you don't want to put Mike and Monty in the room." They would be going out for drinks after mm-hmm. all time. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it was a really cool environment to be a part of. Uh, great creativity. Um, uh, you know, we uh, kind of made it up as we went along. And then, you know, I mean, it's my... Obviously, it's my favorite edition because it's the one I spent, like, four years working on. Sure. But yeah. I don't ever want to play it again. So you haven't played it since? Or no, I, I don't ever want to play it again. I don't want to play... I don't want to play... I want to play... Like, I am in a fifth edition game because okay. the game continues to evolve. It, I mean, it, right. I, I love the old stories. I love them. But, the, but when we're talking about the game... I want something that feels like it is coming out of right now. And so, so yeah, I never want to play a fancy and magic system again. I'm totally down with, totally down with uh, what, what Rodney and Peter and those guys did. And whatever comes next, you know, I always have, you know, I might have some quibbles, I, you know, whatever. I was, uh, 
with whatever one edition or another, but it's just uh, cool to be just part of that. It's, it's amazing. I think that's why D&D has lasted so long. It's it's evolved. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking as, a, as an Asian American, as a Japanese American, I remember the original, you know, in the 70s and 80s, I opened up the player's handbook. Just European male fighter, and I couldn't relate to but that. But you though. must have been thrilled when Oriental I, Adventures I came was out. Very much so, very much so. Uh, and the, the diversity now that's yeah, no, it's D&D. so different, right? I mean, when we got there, right? So the mm-hmm. the, the, the the span between what Oriental Adventures was uh, and what it became, what mm-hmm. it, what it happened when my team, the people I worked with mm-hmm. at Wizards of the Coast, valued. Uh, diversity, uh, valued, uh, different gender representation, different different racial representation, later on the subject of sexual orientation, especially over at Paizo, uh, where where I went and helped them with Pathfinder. Um, You know, there's 50 gay characters in that. I mean, just like the, 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 the path that we have taken to be inclusive and uh, and uh, uh, welcoming but still incredibly creative and 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 coming up with even better stories now right. it's 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 the best place well, I gotta tell you it it, me- it meant a lot to me when yeah. I got to play a samurai a real you know, yeah, right, you know. yeah. Uh, representation's a huge deal we have um, we have transgender characters in uh, Apocrypha um, we have uh, but we uh, we you know, uh, we have we have uh, one in, at least one that I know of in Pathfinder Adventure card mm-hmm. game, and we have you know everything is about just making sure that people can see themselves in the game. Now you're oh sorry go ahead. Oh, I was, yeah. was going to say you know I, I, some some people like myself I'm not real familiar with Apocrypha. You want to have a look. so uh, I did a game called the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game um, that did really well. I was very happy with it. Did it with Paizo. But before that, as we were developing the game, we made this horror universe um, that was the modern day, but sort of there's this, this set of monsters, all these monsters that are in, uh, you just can't see are there, unless you're one of these people called the saints. And the saints pierce through sort of this psychic veil to see what's really going on behind the scenes. The problem is, if you can see the monsters, they can see you too, and they're not terribly happy about it. And so, we took that concept, we was like, okay, we're making that, but we're really going to make Pathfinder. We made mm-hmm. Pathfinder, like, no, we really like that. So, so we spent a lot of time on it. We started that process in 2011, uh, it's 2017 now. We made this game, uh, it's about, uh, it has all sorts of influences, uh, there's a huge element that I learned from researching uh, Alzheimer's disease, so I made mm-hmm. a, a thing about regaining your memories and spots in your memories and making that mm-hmm. sort of turn into a positive thing rather than a terrifying thing. Uh, I, the, the the game is massive. Mm-hmm. It's got, uh, over the course of its three sets, it's got 1,500 cards, it's got 99 missions, it's got 20 dice in it, it's got um, uh, it's got characters, it's got all that stuff. It mm-hmm. uh, it's coming out over the next year. Today, that you and I are, the three of us are recording this, is launch day, or what okay. we call day zero. And it's the moment that the, the paradigm, this sort of veil, cracks. And uh, we're going to uh, see what people think of it. And so far, we've been selling a lot of copies, so I think it's going okay. So, uh, back to your journey of becoming a deity in the gaming world. 
You know, I've talked to Chris Pramis, I talked to Wolfgang Bauer, I'm now talking to you. The transition from leaving Wizards of the Coast and being on your own. Now, I've got different different views. Some was, oh, it's pretty scary. One is, oh, I was prepared. I was thinking about it and I finally made the break. My path is a little you? different than Chris's. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, Chris, Chris obviously, you know, it wasn't for perfect place for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Wizards was pretty perfect for me. Uh, they kept re- rearranging the company to give me the projects that I wanted and uh, were went out of their way to, you know, I got to relaunch Avalon Hill, I, I, I made a Risk game, I, I did Access Now. We did Access Now, is my yeah. favorite board game. Uh, yeah. We did, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I love doing that. Game uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, Harry Potter, like I did. I did so much that I really enjoyed, and of course, there's Dungeons and Dragons. So, so I had a storybook career at Wizards, but for me, it was about all right. Do people like me for the seat I'm sitting in, or do they like me for me? Like, I want to find out what it's like to make all things right. where I don't have the backing of a four billion dollar company. I want to make. I want to make my decisions. I want to do that. So James Ernest and I founded a company together. Um, he's cheap ass games, and uh, we we just did it our way. And now my company is about you know 13 people, and mm-hmm. and uh, we make we make and weirdly we're still making Betrayal at House on the Hill. Like, well, we still and there's to, Betrayal you know, on Baldur's Gate. I guess yeah, I hear uh, that with yeah. the coast is doing. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I left Lizards, but, but I have always been very close to it. I live five minutes away. I'm down there all the time. Uh, we work on things together. I help them with their events. Uh, they help me with publicity. I mean, it just all works out. Sounds like a, kind of a relationship of, you know, it's like, your college, you know, it was nice yeah, to be there. You made so. friends, but yeah. you had to go bit, on. You had to move on bit, and grow. A little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had not ever. Mm-hmm. I had written a lot of things, but I had not ever made anything. Um, like I, had, I was like, I didn't know. One of the things that happened to me at Wizards was, and this is not negative at all, mm-hmm. is there was a culture of let the R and D guys do R and D. Like, put them over there in that mm-hmm. ivory tower, and they'll make the things, and then other people will, mm-hmm. you know, make make it happen sure. well, I never learned anything right I never learned how to make a game I never learned how to promote a game I never you know uh, because other people were really really good at that and right. so I wanted to try it ourselves and I think it worked out good well you gotta do it from soups and soup to nuts right I yeah mean, I think we know stuff that I would never know yeah yeah and then so so yeah so now we're sitting in my booth right um, Wizard doesn't have a booth here, uh, all right. But I have a booth. Uh-huh. It's twenty by twenty, which feels good. It's got doors, it's got walls, it's mm-hmm. got catch registers, it's got got all my product. I mean, like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot without, you know, having to be uh, a member of a really giant organization to do it. Well, you've done very well, and. Uh, I wish you all the success in the world. So, oh, cool. any, any closing thoughts or words for yeah. the, the gamers out there, or well, game developers? Yeah. Game developers too. <laughs> well, that's a totally different podcast. <laughs> uh, game developers. I mean, like, Let, let's try the gamers. Yeah. For the okay. Uh, I have tons of advice for game developers, but <laughs> step one: get better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. do everything you can to be better at everything you do. 
because there are lots of really good game developers out yeah. there, right? So, but but we'll leave that aside. I mean, the the it's a great time to be a gamer. We got we got mad respect from people. Uh, we're in every new We made it all the way through. I know, right? We made it all the way through. And then, bang, hit that. Wow. They're making the announcement, the big voice. Yes, all right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a great time to be a gamer because we we get everything we want. We can do everything we want. We, uh, we, we're, we've got people who respect us. This is not the way it was when we were growing up, right? Mm -hmm. And so we got to use that. I mean, we gotta, we gotta stand up for things that are right. We gotta make sure that we get people who are bringing us down out of our, yeah. out of our environment. We gotta make sure that we represent a positive cause and, and such. And you know, I mean, not everything has to be political or social or whatever, but what does have to happen is everything we do has to be welcoming and inclusive and, and uh, you know, uh, make people feel like what we're doing is great. And I think we're doing a good job. Well, amen, brother. Well, thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you, Mike. You, Mike. Take care, hope we uh, meet again. Thank you for having me on the All show, right. guys. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw.club. Vernon and Wells, Imperium and Imperio. Now to our show. That was really awesome. I've got to admit, I'm a little jealous. I wish I could have been there for that, but totally. it was in Indianapolis. Yes. And of course, I did offer both of you a chance to go, but yeah. you said no. You didn't want to hang out with me. No, no. Uh, so not, you didn't that, like me. That's, that's not how that went. We got a bit of a victim mindset going on here. <laughs> no, um, I do wish I could have gone. Funds weren't really there for me, but um, I'm. Tr yeah, I would love to go sometime. But mm -hmm. fun fact is... Um, uh, he's also worked on a game called Thornwatch that has a very cool comic book feel, 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 and it's based on a comic book that was put out with Penny Arcade. So they part, they kind of partnered together to make this really immersive game. And the, I mean, just and of course you listeners can't see it, but just the colors are like oh, wow, bright and yeah. vibrant, and just definitely has a really cool comic feel. Um, that was an extremely successful Kickstarter. Components, everything is looking good. Um, their goal was $78,000, which is a lot, a big goal. But they made $646,000. Wow. So um, I think wow. they did well. Yeah. 5,147 backers, and Costasaurus was one of them. So Very I'm cool. really looking forward to that game coming out just looks amazing so but he's got his hands in everything he's really talented Spe cool. speaking of Kickstarters yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got a, a few friends of the pod that are at current Kickstarters going on right now one of them is Chad Gray the maker of Goatfish we had a review we talked mm. to him it was a great fun game I Kickstarted it I cannot wait to get my hands on that game they are like four days in they're at 125% so this is probably your best opportunity to get that game get it first All Right. Get it cheap. So they should do well by the time this podcast goes out. It should 
should be a lot higher than what we're seeing. It should, right now. and there'll be like two weeks to go still. Right. Also, um, Tyler Sigmund's Crows, which is which is revamped by our friend David Gerard. Yes. Also just David. went live on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and they are also at about one hundred twenty-five percent as we speak. And that's a great looking game too. Yeah, it's so it's pretty awesome to have these people that we talk to, and they're they're actually making it. They're oh, uh, yeah. making their goals and. Kind of makes you wonder why we're not doing anything, Paul. I mean, Paul, you <laughs> not you doing anything, right? You you have, have a game a in mind, ideas. Joe? Do yeah. you have a game in mind that I want to make? Yeah. Oh yeah. Kickstart it. Oh, that I for me to kickstart? Yes. Yeah, dude. I got so many. I have like I so like some of my summer this year was just trying to make games. Like literally, was like I'm gonna make this card game, like a World War II themed deck builder. Okay was something I really wanted because I couldn't I've not been able to find a deck builder that mm-hmm. was a World War II thing and, huh. and not like a collectible card game like mm-hmm. kind of like Dominion like you get a set you have your cards you know and you know you you recruit different people to do your thing for you and you have secret cards that are anyways I can go all into it but well, yeah there's Paul was developing a game called Trash Panda but I haven't seen it, it hasn't come out yet so still waiting for that one I have to one. find my notes on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> We gotta start doing stuff instead of talking about sure, it. Sure, that's right. But it is right. a lot easier to talk to people about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, also though, just to kind of throw a quick little hurrah out there. So, Dice Hate Me, that company, I love what they put out. So, they put out a baseball game called Bottom of the Ninth that okay. literally takes place in the bottom of the ninth, and it actually feels like you're playing baseball because, you know, you have two tokens and it's like low, high, you know. Um, and that, and you say, okay, go, and you play with the person who's batting, and they're trying to see what you're going to pitch, and, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyways, put out a lot of successful games, and so they have a game that's coming out in September, and I believe it's October 17th is when the game is going to be coming on Kickstarter, and it's called The Legends of Sleepy Hollow. Mm. I am really pumped. Those of you big Halloween fans out there, like me, uh, something to keep your eye out for. Uh, and also, that company's just great with their communication. I know, um, just they're yeah, they're just great. They're just great. I like them. Cool. What I'm really excited about is there's another anniversary edition of Axis Nally's coming out. Yeah, I think it's what is it like out. the the 42nd anniversary? No, it's like the it's like 70th. I can't remember. It doesn't <laughs> matter. There's an anniversary edition. It's coming out Wizards of the Coast slash Avalon Hill, and I'm I got my eyes on that one. So, because I'm a big Axis and Allies fan, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about that. Maybe we can play at OrcaCon. Sure, you know, they, had, they had a cool. table at Dragonflight for that, I saw. Yeah, they did. That would be cool. That would take up all the, three days. The though. one that nobody was playing? You mean that one? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> that one um, Barry only was supposed to photo of. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's make sure that... Does, if we do that, people are going to play. To teach me to play that game, That's and right. I'll play it with it, you. It is fun. Axis and Allies is one of the, the good staples I do enjoy. Yeah. So... Up next, we have, uh, what, the Geeks Tabletop Game Review, right? Duncan Kelly. And it is Great Western Trail uh, made by Stronghold Games. I am holding the box right now uh-huh. in my hands. Getting dysentery just by looking at it. That's right. It looks um, looks fun. Yeah. We it's, should play that. It, it, it looks really fun. It's gotten great reviews. Um, you got to keep in mind that it does have it does have a higher price tag of, of roughly $70 MSRP. Uh, and, and the thing is, before going into this, I've heard, by the way, everyone I talked to said this game's great, but the playtime is longer 
on the box it does state 75 to 115 minutes, which is roughly two and a half hours. At least it's not but, Twilight Imperium long. But the thing is, with learning a game, mm-hmm. I there's a good rule is when you learn a game, you add half of what the max time is to it. So if it's 150, I would then add half of that to it, so another 75 minutes for learning. I know you wouldn't think it'd be that long, but it's definitely a heavy Euro style game, but again, I've only heard great things about cool. it. Well, let's see what Kelly and Doug have to say. Yes. Or let's hear what they have to say. Ah! <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> see? This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey everyone, it's Doug again here with another Geeks Tabletop Game Review. I'm here in Games Plus in Lake Stevens, and I'm joined with... Hi, uh, my name is Kelly, and we're doing Great Western Trail today. Yes, Great Western Trail. It's a really great game. I like Uh, it. It's a really great game. It's a great... Great game. (laughs) Great Western Trail uh, was designed by Alexander Pfister. Uh, He did Broom Service before this and uh, Isle of Sky. Both very popular games, definitely in the gaming community. They both won the Kenner Spiel uh, whenever they came out. The strategy game of the year. And you can what? see my air quotes, but yeah, the, the Spiel des Jahres uh, is the game. Because I was going to ask what the, what the Kenner Spiel was, because I don't know. Oh no, Kinder Spiel is the the kids' game of the year, but the Kenner. Oh, Kinder. Kinder would be. Kenner. That's right. No D. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's pretty popular. This is another one of his great games that just came out. Uh, it's from Stronghold Games and Eggert Spiel. They have had pretty popular games in the last few years. Terraforming Mars, just one that came out this year that's been pretty popular. Uh, and it has artwork from Andreas Resch. Resch? How are you I'm, yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he <laughs> had artwork from Istanbul, another Kenner Spiel winner. Uh, but from a different designer, Rediger Dorn, uh, who's also pretty popular. And he also did artwork for Lorenzo Il Magnifico from Simon Games, which is another really nice artwork and really nice game. Excellent. All right, so Great Wrestling Trail uh, is for two to four players, and it's about 40 minutes for three players, so give or take 10 minutes, depending on the player, uh, and experience levels. It's 40 minutes per player. Per player? Per player, yeah. Per player. I mean, we knocked out our game yesterday, uh, probably in like an hour or so, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so I felt like it wasn't quite that long. No, it, it was. Or it was maybe an hour. Maybe an hour. But yeah, still. For the two of us. 30 minutes to 40 minutes per player. Well, it's... Yeah. Um, and the reason being, I guess since I've had it explained to me and it makes sense now, um, is that it's such an intricate game. Uh, it starts off relatively simple and gets more complex. So your turns start really quickly. So you move through your first couple turns quickly and then you get lost uh, in the time uh, because as the game progresses, you're you're now taking, instead of uh, taking one st- or three stops between your ranch and Kansas, you're now taking six or seven stops uh, between your ranch and Kansas. Um, yeah. So this game, um, you play as a rancher, taking your herd of cattle from uh, Texas all the way to Kansas City. Now you'll gain points based on the quality of cattle that you sell in Kansas City. And you'll also gain money as well because you're selling them. 
Well, yeah. And, and you'll ship these cattle along the, the train tracks uh, to different cities along the road. And there's about 10 or 12 different cities along the way, I think. Something Wait, like it's that. all the way to San Francisco. So there's yeah, like San Diego the and... Um, there's definitely lots of stops along the way. And as yeah. you deliver to these stops, you'll gain uh, new objective cards or points just for placing or delivering there. Uh, and if you deliver to adjacent cities, you get extra bonus points, too, yeah. and all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the intricacies that takes a little bit to figure out. Yeah. So this is this is definitely hand management and somewhat deck building, because along your way... Deck management. Deck management, hand management, however you want to yeah. call it. Because uh, along the way, you're making stops at these waypoints, uh, and you can do certain things. You can sell cattle there... Uh, or hire new workers, and workers let you gain bonuses for building buildings, or the cowboys let you uh, get buy more cattle to take along with you along the way. more cowboys you have, the better cattle you can get. Oh, yeah. The more builders you have, the better buildings you can build. Mm-hmm. Um, the more engineers you have, the farther along the train tracks you can go without um, spending money when you sell your cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things. <clears throat> And like you said earlier, it definitely gets more intricate as the game progresses because people are adding buildings to the route uh, between Texas and Kansas City. So you kind of have to watch out as, oh, I need to move three spaces to get here, but I have to now stop at this place or I have to move over this place. And now that kind of messes you up a little bit. But there's also, in addition, you also want to build your own buildings going along there too. And even if you don't actually stop on that every time you go to Kansas City, you st- it's now a space on the board that you have to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now an established part of the trail to Kansas. And in which case you should manage... Uh, with your buildings, you're going to want to manage uh, your time and efficiency with, is that a building I actually want to build and go to? Is that where I want it? Uh, as well as who else is building there, how hard is it to get to that building, do I want to interfere with my opponent's buildings, uh, make it hard for them to get their buildings, uh, and so on, uh, which gets into the intricacies of when you build and when you don't build. Because mm-hmm. I know in our game yesterday, early on, you built out the building that you seem to stop there multiple times. And to kind of combat that, I put one of my buildings with one of the hand symbols on it that forces you to have to pay me a fee just for passing over that building. So yeah, because you now own the land or whatever. Yeah, I now have that stuff that you have to come by and kind of pay a toll just to go past. And that kind of changes how people will play the game going forward if you want to end up paying that fee or not. Because, I mean, towards the end of the game, you had two spaces right in a row that were both fee spaces. And for me to go around that, I had to go through a bunch of obstacles. And that would just cost me It was like way more four money. other fee spaces that... Yeah, it was... Pray it for was broken axle wheels and stuff. So, yeah. What I like about this game... Uh, it is definitely really easy to get into and simple to learn, but as the game evolves, like you said earlier, it gets more complex and you kind of got to think about it. Uh, I would say it's um, one of the cons of this game is definitely how it takes a bit to set up and definitely a bit to put away, and you notice when things are missing if you forget to put things out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little tiny pieces involved in this game. Uh, also, one of the other cons we noticed is uh, it played a lot better when we had three players playing, uh, and we could stall the end of the game a little bit uh, easier, because the, the end of the game is decided on how many workers there are looking for work, and if there's 
so many workers it moves the turn tracker or the the end of the game tracker off the board and so on and things. With two players, you're almost always triggering it every time you go to Kansas versus mm-hmm. with three players, you could cause it to not trigger about every other time somebody went to Kansas. So it wasn't uh, as short of a game. It wasn't as, uh, not fast-paced, but it became a race to see who can get to Kansas the most amount of times rather than let's see how good of a herd we can get and how many victory I points mean, we that can was, get. I mean, that's kind of how it started. You moved there pretty quick on the first couple turns, and I was still uh, a few spaces behind you, still utilizing some of those spaces out there just to kind of make some money uh, so I would have it on my next go-around to hire more people or get different cattle. So there's kind of a few mixes of how you can gain points. You can kind of go get buildings or hurry up and get cattle that way each stop that you make in kansas city you're making tons of money not really tons of money but enough money that uh it doesn't make a difference if you're spending it again to get different cattle and i mean these cattle are still worth points in in your deck at the end of the game so yeah i mean even though if you go to kansas city you want different cattle it even if you have to buy the same kind of cattle every time you go to market, they're still worth victory points for buying cattle, mm-hmm. uh, even though you can't sell them at Kansas because you already have a Jersey cow, and you can't sell a second Jersey cow, mm-hmm. um, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, a really nice game to pick up. It's only $70, so it's not that uh, expensive. I know 60 or 70 is kind of the, the it's a size. It's the, the price of a decent-sized video game. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely quality pieces in there. Uh, I know I'll probably have to sleeve up my cards because I'll probably play it quite a bit now. That uh, and my terraforming marks. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, have a good time. That was awesome. Um, Doug and Kelly do such a great a job of reviewing these games for us, and so nice to get to talk to them about all these things and that does sound like a fun game I hope I get to play it at OrcaCon and because I'm not sure I want to go for the 70 bucks yeah so it's a little pricey but um, I've heard a lot I think uh, Joe said before is like there's, there's a lot of great reviews so you can always pick up a box at um, a demo box maybe at the sure. game store and check it out yeah. you can try before you buy right. so um, I don't know if Mox well. has one or around the table but yeah you can check out I mean honestly if you really want to play it you can call those stores before you drive down to see and say do you have this in your library and up right and if you want to Paul Star Trek communicator just went off and if there's any other games you'd like (laughs) uh, Doug and Kelly to review Mm -hmm. email them at well at uh, geeksofcascadia at gmail.com just email us and we'll just send it to them but put down maybe in the subject line uh, game review yeah and we will review your game Totally. All right. So it's accessible. And so what else we got going on? Anything else? Um, again, just a reminder that the location for um, OrcaCon 3, So, because like, we've got a trilogy going on now, yes. like, um, did move from Everett it's like a journey. to Bellevue. If you skipped that whole part of the podcast and want to know why, I would go back towards the beginning. So again, that's <laughs> January 12th through 14th, and that will be at the Hilton in Bellevue, Washington. If you want more information, that is our site is updated. It's on there, and you can find um, Facebook. So find OrcaCon on Facebook, and you'll have information there as well. 
And by the time this posts up, I think um, the Kickstarter for Goatfish will still be going on, though it'll be towards the end. And so will Crows. And so will Crows. About so, halfway through, probably. So make sure to check that out. And by the time this podcast goes up, I think we will have went through one round of, or a couple episodes of The Gifted, which I'm looking forward to oh, seeing. Oh, I'm so excited. Yep. If they have Sentinels, I'm in. Did anyone see The Inhumans? Inhumans. I just started that? watching that yesterday. What did you think? I kind of like it. Um... It's hard looking at Ramsey Snow. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're like, wait, he's a good guy? <laughs> is he? I don't know. I'm not so sure. I don't... You know, I've been deterred to watch it because every trusted reviewer that I trust online that has reviewed it has said it's pretty bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not bad. It's like it's hard to get past the, hey, we live on the moon. Right. Um, well, okay. I'll have to check it out just because <laughs> I'm a big Marvel fan and yeah. humans, but... Joe's right. I've heard a lot of the act- horrible reviews. The actors are, are good. I think if there's any faults, it might be with the, the, the writing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But well, um, Orville's doing great, though. Orville. Oh, I love Orville. I mean, I, I, I'm i really into it now. Yeah. For what it, it's kind of, I feel like I'm watching The Next Generation with kind a little of, bit of comedy. Because that's, that, yeah. that's what it's supposed to be, I think. Space Mash. Space, Space Mash. Mash. Oh, no. Yeah, um, I'm really pumped about The Gifted. Uh, the fact that Polaris is in there, mm-hmm. um, Lorna Dane, right. I've always loved seeing just Magneto's family in, in general. Uh, you know, and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, of course. Lorna Dane is not, you know, she's half-sister. Anyways, I'm going to geek out here. But yeah, it's really cool to see Lorna Dane and, you know, do it in a modern way where she still has, like, the blue, you know, or the green the green lip slash lipstick and just... Mm-hmm. I, I hope it does you well. Do think they're going to bring in, like, Professor Xavier and it Magneto is, and all this? So the thing about it is, it is, Brian Singer does have involvement in it, who did do the last three X-Men movies. So they could and, mm-hmm, and then Jeff Loeb, who is, um, oh, yeah. I believe, the, uh, the director, writer. or not the director, yeah, like the director of essentially Marvel Entertainment. Right. Um, they did say that it does tie in with the Marvel movies, um, or excuse me, the X Men right. universe movies. It does tie in with that, um, and they're using real X Men characters. They're not like like I love Agents of Shield. Don't get me wrong, but for the longest time, they just like they were just like these people I've never heard of. Right. You know, they weren't using any of the big ones. I felt like until Ghost Rider, really. Um, yeah, but the with only this, Ghost Rider and Sif are the only two. Yeah, I think, Sif. real. But Sif was already out. Absorbing by Man was in there too. Oh my gosh, Absorbing Man. Yes. That had to have been from the sixties when they st- like absorbing man. That's what? like hemo goblin. <laughs> like, I, I hope I never see him. He's like, listeners. If you want to see the literally the worst villain ever in the sense of writing and offensive, go check out hemo goblin. Okay, what his okay. powers are. We'll it's a, it's one of those fun facts. I goblin? read about it and I couldn't. Is it like, like with an apostrophe on the end? Just goblin. Gob- goblin. And I believe that this particular when this thing goes up, I think it'll be. Close to Stranger Things or Stranger Things says, dude, is about to post. I don't know. Oh, I know Paul's I'm not gonna watch yeah, it though. I'm no. pumped. I got my Halloween on September 1st already, so I'm, I'm, I'm really pumping it. up to that, and I'm excited. All right. Well, that's really exciting. Well, guys, we have anything else before we sign off? Navy Day. Oh gosh, yes. Let's talk about Navy Day again. Just a reminder: October 21st at the Ever Navy Base. You gotta have your military ID. It's the only way to get there. And it's gonna be from four. To 8 p.m. or 1600 to 2000 hours. Yeah. I don't know what languages you're talking. What are these numbers? We'll and I heard <laughs> I heard a rumor that they're that we're sponsoring it and that there'll be food and prizes there. There will be. 
There will be Orgacon uh, sponsoring as well as Geeks of Cascadia. Nice. And right. will you be there? I will be there. That's awesome. Paul will be there. I will be there. Joe will be there. Joe. Joe will be there. <laughs> and we'll all be podcasting from there. It'd be awesome. At least I hope Joe will be there. I know you're busy. So with that, I guess we'll sign off. So embrace mm-hmm. the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Bloopers. Right now I'm starting. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was great. (laughs) Doug and Kelly always do a great job. And it's it's so nice to get to the local store and talk to the kids at them. I'm really screwing this up now. It's terrible. No, you can say kids. You're old. It's okay.